breakfast show this morning has just been making me hungry. I know. I didn't eat breakfast this morning. I just, I've just raced in and I'm sitting here like... <laughs> and your stomach is now demanding food. I need sustenance. Okay, listen, listen, listen to this text message because this will get you going. Okay, okay. You ready? This uh-huh. is going to make you hungry again. Uh-huh. Uh, this one's from Freco. It says, I grow seven different berries. I have thornless blackberry and raspberry. The blackberry is still giving fruit in Mittagong today in summer. Picking an, an ice cream bucket every week. Every week. There That's amazing. So Freco is my new hero. Freco, you, <laughs> you, you owe us an invitation now, the breakfast yep. show, mm-hmm. uh, coming to Mittagong to uh, <laughs> have berries and ice cream and... It's just going to be amazing. So I have a I have a friend who comes to my our church. Shout out Ben and Vera. Uh, they have a banana tree in the backyard. But the bananas they grow are these little like mini. Bananas. Oh, the little sweet ones. Yeah, 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 dude. They every week they bring or like to church or care group on Friday nights. Like they bring like a big, you know, bunch, bunch of bananas. Like be like thirty bananas. Like oh yeah, and they just chuck it down on Cut the down table. Cut down the banana tree. And yeah, the bananas. Oh man, it just go, grows like crazy. That's amazing. By the way, Freco, I see your seven different kinds of berries. When I was a kid, we had 14 different kinds. Oh, he raises you 14. I raise you. I double wow. it. 14 different <laughs> kinds of berries. Uh, of course, we were growing those in the Huon Valley in Tasmania, which is a somewhat similar climate to Mittagong. Mm. It's not that not that different. So it's cold. Yeah, I, I reckon. I reckon you can. I reckon you can step it up down there, Freco. I think mm-hmm. you can add, add a few to the list. <laughs> we did not have any thornless blackberries, though. We had blackberries that were going wild, and we were sort of digging them out and feeding them to goats. Yeah, but every now and then we would pick the fruit and turn them into blackberry jam. Oh, that's nice. Yes, yum, dude. Oh, I am hungry. Do we have yes. anything else? Oh, we had raspberries, have- loganberries, boysenberries, uh, mulberries, gooseberries. Um, we had, um, I, I, I just can't even, I'd I have to sit down and write down the list to actually come up with the full 14. I'd like but. to have a citrus tree that's like actually good though. Cause yeah, I we had white raspberries. That's epic. White raspberries. We right? had red currants and black currants. Wow. Yep. Man, you just it's had like, everything. It was, it was, it was heaven on earth. You can make the best juice, dude. And the best smoothie. The best smoothies and the we, you'd have to freeze all the berries. We first. used to come home from school, and literally, we'd go up to the house for dinner, and uh, and my dad would, would would get a bowl, like a breakfast bowl, put a big scoop of ice cream in it, and say, "Okay, go down to the garden and have dinner." That, that was literally <laughs> that was literally how we were given dinner as a kid. That's so good. That's amazing. We dude. had cherries. We had plums. Mm. We had golden gauge, green gauge plums, blood plums, every different plum you can imagine. And you'd and, and you'd stand under the cherry tree and spit seeds everywhere. This is the <laughs> best way to eat cherries. Peaches. I remember my brother, you know, being a teenager and sitting down and eating, you know, like a typical teenage boy, sitting down and eating 12 peaches in one go. Well, like, now you're just making everyone jealous. Just, just stop just, boasting, just, just, bro. Just like, we get it. You had so much stuff. Dripping off his like, elbows. <laughs> we get it. You had so many fruits. Like, we understand, Lyle. Ah, it was Please. the best. Let's talk about something else. All right. Text message. Hi, my name is Christina from Queensland. I stumbled across this channel by accident. It has really blessed me so much. I am lonely and don't have a job. I'm looking for one and also believe... God for children, I just want to say I'm truly blessed listening to you guys. Thanks again for the books coming. Uh, lots of love to you guys. Keep the good work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our nation needs salvation. Amen. Let's, let's just, let's go, just, just Yeah, let's say a quick prayer for Christina. Yeah, 100%. 
Father in heaven, we pray you be with Christina today and bless her with the presence of your Holy Spirit and answer her heart's desires and requests that she's made here this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, what else we got? More text messages. Let me go over here. Oh, that's so epic, dude. Okay, so here comes the heavy ones. You ready for the Ooh. heavy ones? Ooh. Okay. All right. I have for a long time believed that the trans issue, feminist movement, etc., uh, these people in reality are being used for political reasons who in due course are going to be discarded by the system that used them. Confusion reigns and out of chaos. Uh, the new world order comes to the full front in the garments of doing good to save this world and bring the demonic last day world religion. That is intense. That is very intense. Mm. Uh, as I said, we're going to head to the intense ones now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, another text message here. David Pratt, uh, prayer for the one-third of the world without a Bible with no chance of meeting a Christian. While that should be a priority for all Christians on a daily basis, let us remember that God will send the angel of Revelation 18 to enlighten the whole world mm. with his glory. Praise the Lord. His angels and the Holy Spirit will reach all the unreachable. God, we serve a mighty God. Actually, as you were saying this, I have, you know, a, a, a kind of kind of story on this. Basically, um, uh, we had, oh, the same guy I was mentioning before, shout out Ben and Vera. They kind of preached on Sabbath and told their testimony. Ben was a, uh, he joined, I think it's called 1,000 Missionaries, the 1,000 Missionaries Movement, which is a school based in the Philippines that trains missionaries. Oh, cool. And then he got sent to the jungle in the Philippines, like the jungle where he was like, so for a whole year, he was growing his is this, own is food. Is this a uh, tech support uh, guy? Yeah, yeah, tech yeah, yeah, support yeah, yeah, guy who yeah, was here guy. and shared shared his testimony. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He shared, oh, he was telling us like he, he had the photos and everything of growing his own food to live off. Him and his mate were there, his evangelism partner, growing his own food to live off, and which they would, you know, then eat and then share with the village and, and, and they would be walking 4Ks every day in and out of the vi- village to these people that have never heard of Jesus, that have never heard the gospel. Like, yeah, this this stuff is happening. And I really feel like it is the result and answer of prayers and support that are coming from the Christian world. You know, And, and when you meet him, he's just like your typical tech support geek. Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You just do not see you do not see you do not see this guy as being, you know, uh, the kind of guy who goes and lives in the bush and does it tough yeah. and is a subsistence farmer. Yeah, you know, that's the kind of thing that I'd do. Yeah, you know, but that's just like the bogan coming out in me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd fit in fine doing that. But uh, yeah, dude, absolute gun. Yeah, so this That's- work is really happening, and I, and I really, it's something that that we need to support. And also, if you feel called to do, you need to do. I'm going to add something to this text message. Mm-hmm. The revelation, the angel of Revelation 18, symbolizes a global movement that will take power, take place under the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and it will be a global movement that takes power, takes place under the power of the Holy Spirit, working through. Ordinary human beings like you and I, mm. just before Jesus comes back, and the Bible describes that outpouring of his Holy Spirit as like being like rain. Mm. The Bible describes it as being like latter rain. Mm. And so the Bible uses the symbolism of the early rain and the latter rain, and this was an agricultural symbolism from the land of Palestine where you had the early rain that would germinate the crop and the latter rain that would ripen the crop, and the latter rain... Uh, was more powerful than the early rain. We've seen the early rain 
you know, at Pentecost, mm. we need to now see the latter rain being poured out. We need to prepare ourselves to be a part of that. Very quickly, the Lutheran Church in Sweden, how must God feel? His heart must be breaking. The world is ready for the seven last plagues, and who could blame him? That raises a bunch of interesting questions. Love to hear your thoughts on this. What's God's purpose for the seven last plagues? What role do they serve? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. It's an interesting one because, you know, the seven last plagues do fall after probation has closed. Yeah, now, that's, wow. a, that's a theological term that simply means that, you know, um, God has made up his decision as to who's saved and who's lost and he's on his way back to this earth. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say that God has made up his Human beings have made yep. up their decision mm-hmm. and God has acknowledged that decision as to who's saved and who's lost. So what purpose does it serve to pour out plagues? It's not going to result in anyone being saved. Mm. Is God just being vengeful? Is he? Oh. I'm throwing it back on you, Lyle. I'm, I'm going to throw it back on our audience because this is not <laughs> our study for today. Maybe we'll put it in the question of the day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to hear all of your thoughts. Mm. What is the purpose? What What goodness is served by the seven last plagues? You know, what does this actually accomplish in the great controversy? What does it reveal to us about the character of God? There's a a very good answer for this. I would love to hear your answers. Mm. So send us through uh, on a text message or give us a call. Uh, 1-800-324-843 is our number or... 0491-064-669. Make sure you save those numbers in your phone so that you can be in communication with us. And, yeah, put some thought and some study into this one. Come up with some really good answers for us. All right. Bible study time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to Genesis chapter 2. Oh, classic. Let's go, dude. Verse 1 mm-hmm. to 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, So the creation of the heavens and earth and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from... From all his works. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Man, I that was so hard to read. I've read that verse like a thousand and one <laughs> times in like the New King James Version. And I'm like reading it. I'm like, I'm trying to like, can just, because you get to a point when you read common passages where you just stop reading, like you read the first two words and then you can just like recite the rest from memory. And I'm trying to do that. And then it's just, yikes. Anyways, but we, we get the gist. We do. God finished Rested. creation. Uh-huh. And on then, the seventh day. On the seventh day. He rested that day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so this is what we're going to talk about because what the Bible study to, to this week about is the relationship of the Sabbath to the covenant. Ooh. Now, this is something that people often miss. Mm. So because they often miss it, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. First of all, the Bible describes the Ten Commandments as being a part of the covenant. That was very, very clear from last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ten Commandments are central. They are the terms of the covenant. They not they aren't the covenant. They are the terms of the covenant. Mm-hmm. You cannot separate the law of God from the covenant. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to give you another illustration. You see, when God wants us to really notice something, as in really notice something, he'll repeat himself many, many times. I wonder how many times the word that the the the, uh, the Sabbath commandment is repeated in the Bible 
compared to, say, for instance, thou shalt not kill, mm. thou shalt not steal. I want you to hold that thought for a moment and find out, well, ask yourself which commandment is repeated and referenced the most often in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's my first thought. My, th- my second thought is this, that uh, God has actually drawn a bullseye on our world to reveal to us what he considers to be holy. Mm. So let's think about our world for a moment. In our world, we have the Holy Land. Yes, is that? in Jerusalem. Israel. Israel, yes. yes. So we'll start with Israel. Mm-hmm. So in the Holy Land, you have the Holy City, which is? Jerusalem. And in the Holy City, you have the Holy Mountain. The Mount of Olives. Uh, no. At uh, Moriah. Ma- yeah. Where the temple is. Of course. Yeah, that's what I meant. Opposite the Mount of Olives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. On the Holy Mountain, you have the Holy Temple. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Temple has a courtyard surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Then it has a holy place. Mm-hmm. And then a most holy place. Mm-hmm. And the centerpiece of the most holy place is the Holy Ark of God. Mm-hmm. The centerpiece of the Holy Ark of God is the Holy Law of God. And the centerpiece of the Holy Law of God is the Sabbath. If you go to the center of the Law of God, you've got the Sabbath. Mm. And so you can start with the world, and which is huge, and suddenly you are focused, 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 focused down onto this one thing here where God is illustrating what he considers to be most holy. Mm. And, and yeah. wow, that's a, I've actually that's a fantastic point. I think I've heard you say that before, but I've never really considered it because, it, like, when you read the Ten Commandments themselves, like it says, you know, thou shall not kill, thou shall not steal. You know, there when there are Ten Commandments that God makes lots of points about. For example, you know the 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 point of the the commandment about you know not making carved and graven images, and and he really stresses the point, but. When it comes to the Sabbath, it's like the lengthiest of the commandments. But furthermore, it's the only one where he says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. It's the only like, one where he speaks about him, himself and his uh, and who he is and gives a description of uh, his characteristics. You know, I'm the mm. you know, it, you know, describes himself, gives his name, his creatorship, mm. his dominion, everything. It's all right there. Yeah, wow. It's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Google Maps, mm. the satellite version. Yeah, yeah, well, where you can, where you can, where you can scan right out, and you can see the whole world, and then you can zoom in, you know, and you see the nation of Israel, and you keep zooming in, and you see Jerusalem, you keep zooming in, and you see the the temple, you keep zooming in, you see the holy place, and then the most holy place, and then the ark of the covenant, you go inside the most holy place, the ark of the covenant, and then you see the law of God, and then you get to the point where, well, with Google Maps, you get to a point where it stops. Yeah, I was going to say I'd be very and the impressed. Point where it, well, Google Maps is not going to make it that <laughs> yeah. far, but uh, you get to the point where it stops, and it stops at mm. the Sabbath, mm. the seventh commandment. Mm. So, what we want to understand from this week's Bible study is why. Yeah, well, why, why do we have this one apparently arbitrary commandment mm. in the middle of the law of God? With no obvious reason why it would make a difference, and there are many, many Christians who feel that way, yes. and, and because of that, they're like, "Oh, well, we don't need the Sabbath." Okay. Yeah. Mm. All right. So mm. we're going to start. We're going to start by <laughs> by looking at 
And oh, I can see some uh, some interesting thoughts coming through here. Um, hopefully, some people are sending some some thoughts through on the purpose of the last seven yeah, last wow. plagues. Not our subject for today, but uh, an important subject. Mm. Okay, so uh, Genesis chapter two, verse one to three. We just read that a moment ago. And uh, I'm going to pull out my King James Version because your NLT is just going to mess with my head uh, <laughs> like it messed with your head. And uh, we're going to have a look at what happens here. We're going to look at the origin of the Sabbath and we're going to ask some questions because so often I've had people come to me and talk about you know, the Jewish Sabbath mm. or the old Jewish Sabbath. Mm. And then I ask, well, what nationality was Adam? Yeah, well. So what nationality was he? Like, well, he was anti-Diluvian, but he was of no nationality. Like, nations didn't even exist. He was... Every nation existed. In Adam. In Adam. Yes. Every nation existed Mm. in Adam. He was all nations, and he is the representative, the father of all nations. Ah, wouldn't it be interesting if Adam was still alive? To see what he looked like. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we, we assume that he was probably really tall. Yes. And... Handsome. Yes. And smart. Well, the word Adam means red. Really? The colour of red dirt. Are you sure? Oh, yeah, well, because he was made from dirt, right? Yeah. Yeah. Intense. Do you think he was red? Do you think he was... I think he was a dark brown red. That's That's my personal conspiracy theory. (laughs) Take it or leave it. (laughs) Okay. Fair Um, enough. I think he was just a blend of everything that we have today. I think he was just really... Or maybe, maybe Adam and Eve were complete opposites. Ooh. And to have our races, they had to come together. Wow, that's actually... And so maybe, uh, you know, Cain and Abel and Seth and all of their children that had thereafter were the blend, and maybe they weren't blended. This 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 could be a deep conversation because I'm like, oh, well, you know, in terms of Adam and Eve, I'm like, how did they lose melanin? Because, anyway. Yeah, anyways, yeah. Uh, the Bible says here, okay, does the Bible say anything here about the Sabbath being given to humanity? I've had people come to me and say, you know what, God rested on that day, but there's nowhere where he actually made it a Sabbath day. Well, you know what? I debate that. Mm. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Uh, text messages. Okay, so this is uh, yeah. So this text message comes through. Uh, Bruce says the Sabbath is a relationship with God. Adam and Eve were not even a day old when they got to have their first Sabbath, getting to know their Creator. John seventeen verse three, and this is eternal life that you know that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Wow. And then uh, being our resident word man, he's got the word remember, mm. which starts with re. So when you're going to, when, re is a prefix, means you're going to do it again. And again, mm. you, know, you reorder something, you're ordering it again. So re is the start of the word remember, so you're going to do it again. And then member. Mm-hmm. So the members coming together. Over and over and over. Again oh, and again and again. epic, Remember, epic. Come Let's together. Go. Come together. So uh, really good word uh, word smithing right there. We had another text message. Where did it go? All right, somebody uh, texted through to say, okay, do you remember many years ago, um, 60 Minutes on a tribe in the Amazon who had lived deep in the jungle and had never seen white men. When they were found by an expedition, 
they were amazed that they were Christians. Yeah, wow. I, I don't remember seeing this, but... Um, That's intense. I've heard stories very similar to this, probably this same story I have heard. Uh, they were amazed that they were Christians and that a heavenly bright man had visited them and um, brought them to Jesus Christ. That Everyone will be reached. That's amazing. And then another text message say that uh, Adam was of a ruddy complexion. Where does the Bible say that? It doesn't. Uh-huh. But... Um, is, ruddy is the same as red. Mm. But I thought it was like red because it says that David's ruddy. But the idea is that like he is like, um, you know, like when, you know, young kids, they're like bright faced and whatnot. Yeah, well, ruddy is, ruddy is red and the word Adam means red. So, you know. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> we will find out one day. Mm-hmm. We will meet the man and shake his hand because mm-hmm. that's what we do in the West. <laughs> All right, well, what's the next part of our Bible study? Okay, so we were looking at this passage here, and there's a couple of interesting, because people say, oh, you know, there's, there's no mention of the Sabbath here. Mm. And there's no mention of uh, any kind of requirement to, you know, to keep the Sabbath or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's actually look at what the Bible says. The Bible says um, in verse 1 here, the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. On the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. He blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it, in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. Two things that I want to draw out right here. Mm. The word rest is the word Shabbat. Yes. Okay, so when you look at it, um, in, in Genesis 2, what does the Bible say? That God Shabbat on the seventh day. And in Exodus 20, which is the commandment, the Bible says the seventh day is the Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Those two are saying exactly the same thing. Yes, yes. The ordering is slightly different, but they are saying exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I want to point out is that here the Bible says God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Mm. What does the word sanctified mean? To set aside. To set aside. Now, the word sanctified uh, can be used in two different ways. Mm. It can be used in the context of a person or it can be used in the context of a thing. Yes. The Sabbath is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a person, it's a thing. In the context of a person, it means to set that person aside and make them holy. Mm-hmm. In the context of a thing, it is to set that thing aside for a holy use. Yes. And the key word here is the word use. Mm. When God sanctifies the Sabbath, he is setting aside to be used. Mm. And then people say, well, how did, how, did, how did Adam and Eve use the Sabbath? Because they didn't work. Have you never read Genesis chapter 2? What? No, seriously. <laughs> I've had people say that. I've had people say that. They think that you're gonna go to, we're going to go to heaven and we're not going to work in heaven. They literally had a job. They, God set them to work. Yeah, that's actually something that was brought out in our relationship seminar while going through the book of Genesis is that, like, you know, they were fulfilling their purpose together, you know, in the work that God had set for them. Genesis 2 and verse 15 is one has one of the jobs that they were given, mm. and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to work in it and to keep it, mm-hmm. to dress it and to keep it. Yeah, what what does the that first thing God mean does other is, than work? Like God set them to work. It's like just gave them chores. He's just like, oh right, yep, let let's go. Which is so, which makes so much sense. Like it 
everything in our world functions better with people being involved. Yes. Like, they're not just going to, like... Like, what kind of world would that be where, where Adam's just like, all right, like, God's just like, okay, we'll just lie down and do nothing. What this kind is, of this is the kind is of uh, This is the kind of heaven where people talk about floating around on a cloud, playing a harp and eating raspberry tarts. Mm. That's the heaven that gets boring. Like, that's the heaven that people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to go there because it's boring. Yeah, that's... That heaven would be the worst. Just doing nothing. That's yeah. terrible. Somebody else just got bragging rights. Oh, shout out to that person. Prize is still there, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Bible says that they were set to work, and this is why when you come to uh, the book of Exodus and the commandment is given, this is the one law where God says, remember. Mm. Because the one law that has been there the whole time and has been there the most clearly the whole time. Remember this. When you tell someone to remember something, you are reminding of them of something that has already existed. Mm. None of the other commandments begin with that, even though they had already always existed. This is the one that is the most easily forgotten because it is the one that is apparently arbitrary, mm. but not. We're going to find more, more about that. As we go through the study, it's going to be an epic. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lyle, we have come to... Question of the day. Our question of the day is a bit of a creepy one. Yes. Uh, it was a bit, a bit of an interesting one. Essentially, Lyle, do we need to be baptised for the dead? Yes. Oh. That's, that's the answer. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. You've got the answer now, right? That is really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But what we have to then uh, what we have to then come up with is this. All right. Um, what does baptism for the dead mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be baptized for the dead? Mm-hmm. Now you can take that passage and immediately go to the weird spot, and the weird spot is where you go and get baptized in water multiple times for every dead relative that you can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can go to the Bible and you can apply the Bible principle that the Bible explains itself and you can ask yourself the question, okay, when it comes to salvation, is salvation an individual thing or salvation that you can do something that you can do for somebody else? And the answer is you can do nothing for somebody else apart from share the gospel message with them as far as their salvation goes. Salvation is an individual decision and getting baptized for somebody who is dead, whose opportunity for salvation has passed, is then a worthless exercise. Except that it's not. Mm. Because the Bible speaks about it. Let me read it to you. This is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15 and verse 29. The Bible says, Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead not if the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the, for the dead? And so the whole discussion here in First Corinthians chapter fifteen is about the resurrection, and it's particularly about people who say that there is no such thing as a resurrection. And Paul's like, "What do you mean there's no resurrection? Why do you get baptized for the dead if there's no resurrection?" Mm. And so some people have gone to the weird and gone like, "Oh, we need to find out all of our dead relatives and be baptized for them." No, 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 you don't go there. The word for indicates that there is a benefit that the dead can receive from your baptism. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you think about this. If you have family members who have given their life to Jesus Christ and they are a saved person and they die and they're going to come up in the resurrection, 
Let's say that you choose not to be baptized, not to give your life to Jesus Christ. They come up in the resurrection. Are they going to miss you? Yeah. Absolutely. Terribly miss you. That will be incredibly sad for them. Is it then a benefit for them if you are baptized and give your life to Jesus Christ? Absolutely. And this is why we are baptized for the dead. You see, when a person is dead, there is only one thing that we can do for them, one thing alone, and that is ensure that we are a part of the resurrection. Mm. And we've given our life to Jesus Christ, and we can bring joy to them by being with them in eternity. This is such a simple answer. That's what it means to be baptized for the dead. It means to be baptized for the benefit of the dead, for the benefit of them being able to spend eternity with you. This is. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1 800 Faith FM.